0: Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem, coming to you live, in a sense, uh, from the Banff Mountain Film Festival. Came up here for the premiere of uh, North Unknown, about the Alaska expedition with Dave Turner uh, across the Alaskan Range, which is playing this weekend. And uh, ran into Cedar Wright, who is also premiering his film, uh, The Fledglings great film if you haven't seen it yet uh, go out and grab it uh really cool film about he and matt siegel learning how to fly um so this is the first time we've had a, a another guest on our guest on the show for the second time and the reason is is because uh cedar has had an amazing year he, he and his team flew off pico de Orizaba, the highest mountain in mexico that's part of the film the fledglings um, but uh, the last time we sat down with Cedar, he was kind of six months in, and he was calling paragliding his sky crack, and he just couldn't get enough. And uh, now it's a year later. He's been traveling all over the world. He's still crazy about paragliding. He still still calls it a sky crack. And I just wanted to catch up with him uh, and find out how things were going and uh, what kind of what progression was was happening with him and how he was approaching his training and what's in his future. And he is right smack dab in the middle of uh, what we like to call the intermediate syndrome and uh, I thought that'd be really interesting for the guests because for our listeners because you know typically I interview people who are kind of at the top of their game and and cedar uh, certainly has the ability to get there but uh, we're kind of following his progress on the way up uh, he had a pretty scary flight that he's gonna illuminate uh, you uh, about flying back through some power lines in this talk uh, so stick with it it's uh hysterical cedar's always hysterical so we had a really nice chat here uh, um, last night before the films and uh, just wanted to catch up and thought you would enjoy so without further ado uh, please enjoy my conversation we'll see you right soul and your face grew and I see us- It's cool to be sitting here with you in Banff uh, at the film festival. We get to yeah. see uh, Fledglings, which is rad. It's such a cool film. And congratulations. Thanks, man. Thanks.
1: I'm glad you like it. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely the opposite of, uh, of your of your film. A little less serious. I mean, yeah. A little less hardcore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a different tone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're, you know, still, I'm still figuring it out, dude. Still yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, you've gone from,
0: uh, I was thinking about it on the way in here. You've gone from, like, newbie to fledgling to to uh beyond you know yeah and, to intermediate syndrome you right right smack in <laughs> intermediate syndrome I, I remember that zone for a long time yeah now i can
1: real, and i've got enough rope to hang myself with now it's right, awesome
0: right uh, and i know you've had some pretty interesting experiences lately but uh before we get into those yeah i you we'll know it's basically a year you know that we talked last time yeah a little over a year yeah so last time you were about six months in it was yeah. a full sky crack yeah you were just having one you just gone to like 15,000 feet that day with me in Sun Valley and had a little whipper and you were like whoa dude that was amazing and uh so tell me about some of the experiences you had this year
1: yeah well I mean so it was just sort of that pace of things just continued you know and so I um leading up to the fledgling story which is of course about uh, myself and Matt Siegel I learned to paraglide with flying off of Pico de Orizaba in Mexico well leading up to that Matt went into the bugaboos to work on this climbing project and I went just full obsessed I went obsessive compulsive disorder fully into paragliding and um, I was chasing it anywhere I could Uh, my instructor Matt Henze um, was luckily going to a lot of really interesting places and so I was just kind of going, going, you know, wherever he was going, and so, you know, that's how I ended up there um, in Sun Valley, and, uh, you know, it's six months into paragliding, and taking huge collapses and going 15,000 feet in six months into paragliding, <laughs> and being like, I remember you were like, dude, you gotta, like, you gotta freaking calm down, dude, because this is how it is all the time. I'm all like, this is how it is all the time! I'm like, ah! And I was fucking freaking out. But yeah, so I, I you know, I, I was lucky to, um, I mean, God, you know, it's crazy, it's only, it's been... You know, about a year since I've seen you, and it's it just feels like a lifetime of crazy, crazy adventures. I've chased the um, the cross country the cross country stuff super hard. Um, I've had some incredible flights. I mean, I've been to since I saw you last. I since we talked last, I've been to the Sierra Nevada twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and You were out there for nationals. I was out you know? there for nationals. I saw how serious it can be. Yeah. Um, you know, I yeah, was that at, was
0: probably an eye opener.
1: Yeah, and, and it a seems like really bad accidents. Yep, yeah, I've seen a lot of. Um, you know, I've seen some carnage. I've seen some carnage, but my trip out there was um, was awesome. My first day, actually, you kind
0: of had some personal records, right? So, yeah, yeah. I
1: had my distance, so it was like coming to Sierra. I like, I, I got my first 50 mile flight. I flew okay. past Big Pine, which was totally outrageous. Yep. And
0: uh, I—that's um, an outrageous zone. It oh just my doesn't God. matter if you fly a mile or 200. It's like crazy out there. Waltz Point um, is probably the most
1: outrageous place I've ever paraglided. Now, but now I've, I've I've kind of been around the block, you know. There's a couple other places that that compete. Um, mm-hmm. I flew Skinny Ridge and had an outrageous 50 mile flight, where I flew to Aspen, um, or it was actually almost 60 mile flight to Aspen, oh, look it, dude. That's I got up to 17,000 awesome. feet. Holy! Cow. And uh, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing flight. And Skinny Ridge is crazy, crazy. That's like Colorado. Like distance record was set there um, by Pete. Does that
0: start like Glenwood Springs?
1: Yep, yep. Starts. So starts it actually starts kind of like um, a, a little, a little bit North west. Towards the Book Cliffs. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Towards the Book Cliffs and towards um, uh, towards Carbon. Outrageous,
0: uh, dude. Highest mountains in Colorado. You're just sending it right over the top, right? To like fly into. Yeah, you have to do these big Colorado crossings, or, yeah,
1: dude. The the the, uh, the, the skinny ridge um, is pretty wild because you you like, you barely, it's like, you barely have like the LZ in quotation marks because no one ever really goes and lands there because it's an XC site. Right. And, uh, but you barely have it in Glide and you just like go the other way, like into this, like to this horrible valley of rock and doom and trees. <laughs> and, and then you catch a thermal, ideally. Right. Right? <laughs> something horrific happens, <laughs> but it works, it works. And, um, you know, and I was there with the locals and they would assure me that it would probably be fine. And um, yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up having a really really amazing flight. I struggled 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 for through the first um, probably third of the flight while the uh, the date kind of turned on, and um, I was pretty low pretty low. And then by the time I got to Carbondale, which maybe twenty miles into the flight or something, I just got boosted to seventeen thousand feet, awesome. no oxygen, <laughs> just really were you, were you <laughs> Uh I don't think so. I okay. think I was fine. I mean, it was, together. Yeah, no, I was fine. Name. I remember, actually, Pete, um, uh, who is, has the distance record in, in Colorado, like, you know, gave me some advice. Well, he, a couple of things that really helped. He was all like, yeah, most people end up, lip, you know, landing in Carbondale because they just kind of run out of stamina, right? right? It's just because it's just it's hardcore and intense, like mountain thermal flying, you know, yeah. maybe even more rowdy than the thermals I've experienced in the Sierra Nevada. Really? And uh, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, I thought it was rowdy, I'm man, in Colorado. yeah, or actually, I've mean, and also, yeah, it's it's crazy there. And, um, but he said, yeah, mental stamina. And, um, and then he said, you know, if you start getting really high, you know, maybe start trying to make sure your brain is working. And so he was like, yeah, you know, like he, he's like, I like to do simple stuff, like be like, okay, well, if it's 6,000 feet down there, and I'm at, you know, 17,000 feet, you know, Spirit. how many how many feet off the ground am I, you know? And if you can do the, some simple math, then you're fine. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> but it is, also, I think, you know, it is, like, as far as that flying with O2 stuff goes, it, if you live in Colorado, right, and you're, like, you know, I was, like, flying my local site there in Boulder, and I was, um, you know, I was getting all kinds of, uh, you know, like, 12, 13, even I got to 15,000 feet in Boulder one day, and, so you know, I was I was going down I was flying a lot, and I was going to altitude kind of all the time, at least to like ten to twelve thousand feet, like on the regular, right? right? So I think when you're kind of like subjecting your body to that, then sure. when you go to seventeen, it's not as bad. Not as
0: bad. So you're you're clearly your stoke is still super high. You're it, it like, is. Like what's what's happened? Has anything changed in terms of the progression, or has it just been a steady? Is this arc just been, you know, have there been like, whoa, wait a minute, a little bit of a plateau, oh, shit, a little bit backwards, or has it just been kind of go, go, go? Have you, uh-huh. Like, Tell me maybe a little bit about wing choice, maybe a little bit about, um, you know, you did the Menarca. Yeah. You went down, you flew off the highest mountain in Mexico, which was rad. Um, you know, huge patience game there. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, from looking at the film... It, that was that was not a no-brainer getting off that thing. It looked a little dicey. Was Matt, like, was sketchy. <laughs> Matt, you know? Matt was super sketch <laughs> um, But I, I mean talk a little bit about that because you know, yeah At first you were six months in yeah, and it was all just like stoke And now you've probably seen a little bit more of the reality. You've seen a little bit more about what what can be done um, Tell me something about that.
1: Yeah, I know that the progression has been really really interesting I um, you know, going down to Mexico was really, really big for my progression, I think, because going to Valle, you know, it was a. So, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to enter Monarca, you know, just like, I'm just going to go all in, and, you know, and I, I, a lot of pilots, um, Trey Hackney, you, um, uh, Nate Scales, Farmer, all the, everyone was saying, yeah, you know, like doing a go comp do is like worth like, you know, like uh, the, the 20, 30 cross country flights, right? Like right. you're going to learn so much. And, um, so I went down there before the comp. I, um, you know, all of like, the, you know, a lot of the top pilots were down there. Um, you know, I was flying in these huge gaggles, which was totally outrageous and right. crazy. You know, to, it's just like kind of a school of fish, you know, in three dimensions, just like mm-hmm. just circling up in, in this rising air. It was totally you outrageous. Were on the hook, then I was on the hook four. Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. So so I was really lucky, you know, to use some of my like climbing notoriety to um, um to kind of reach out to Niviac and Niviac hooked me up. Um, uh, with the hook four, they also, um, which, which is an amazing wing, dude, that wing is bomber, dude. Right. It's like a tank. It's like an air tank. It just dude. goes wherever. Oh yeah. Don't, and it's yeah. just like, you know, it's just like, it, it'll take some collapses and stuff, but it never really turns. And it's just like, it was perfect for where I was at, where,
0: right.
1: you know, I wasn't flying super actively. I was sort of getting it, but, um, you know, like I was having the occasional blow up, um, like, <laughs> like I <laughs> in had Sun Valley. <laughs> in Sun Valley, um, Valley. But yeah, no. The hook four was the hook four was awesome, and um, and that experience was awesome. But Monarca, it like the wind turned on, and it was difficult. It was yeah. really difficult. I, I was like my whole goal. And you goal. start getting pushed
0: around. And and actually, yeah. Monarca last year was incredibly windy. It was I really mean, windy. Baja is always windy, but it was really tough conditions. You know, and it yeah. was it was almost like unless you were on a two-liner, you weren't really going anywhere. No. You you just weren't pushing around the course. It was impossible.
1: Even the deltas and stuff were just falling out of the sky. And like, so me on my hook four, I was like, dude, I was like, I just want to make a turn point. I didn't make a single turn point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn, you know what though that's awesome i remember when 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 nick grease won u.s nationals a couple years ago in chelan he got up you know to accept his award and he talked about one of the first few times you know he, he went to chelan and he was on like a pretty hot wing and he was stoked and you know he'd done some training and he felt like he had a good chance he didn't make it across the river once <laughs> he just went over and wandarted every single day you know like never made it over the, over the wires you know oh, it just makes yeah. you realize that you know that happens that happens to everybody totally you yeah. well and so
1: you know i was it's like just to kind of like make that connection so nick has been like an, an awesome awesome mentor for me mm-hmm. um and i've been really lucky i just like you know i bumped into to nick um kind of through the outdoor industry community and um and i think i think nick farmer nate you you guys all saw my like kind of like my unbridled stoke and you saw the potential, but also like the potential hazards of being so stoked with so little, um, actual information in your brain. But, um, so Nick was really great. He kind of took me, um, I, I went out to, to the comp, um, in Chelan and, uh, and Nick took me under his wing and dude, he hooked me up, dude. We ended up staying in like this mansion on the hill, um, with Bruce Goldsmith. And so you know, here I am, like right. It's like I'm such a motherfucker, with right? Mentor. Oh yeah, dude. I'm all like, I'm like a year and a half into paragliding. I'm hanging out with Nick Grease and Bruce Goldsmith in this mansion on this hill. And- well, you know
0: what? There, there's a really important lesson here because you know, I, I had this great talk a few episodes ago with Jockey Sanderson. Yeah. And uh, I think he was the one that said this, but he was like, you know, I said, you know what? Who do you want to be hanging out with to to get better? And he was like, "You just you avoid the ground suck crew. Yeah, just avoid them like the plague. Totally. And, and you because know, I kind of did the same thing you did very early on. You know, I went to Haiti with with Nick before I even knew him. And I think you just you know you make an effort to enmesh. If that's you know, be hang out with the paragliders you want to become. Like right. I mean, totally. you, you you're you're enmeshed with the best of the best. You're obviously going to get better. Totally. And these are not people that have ground suck problems.
1: Yeah, they want to yeah. go flying. Yeah, so 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 we're we're staying in this mansion, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and like one day, this is just a good story. One day, um, that it's too windy to fly, right? But everybody's gone up, and Nick's like, you know, expert comp pilot, you know, he's all, no, no, we're just gonna conserve our energy and hang down here. He's all, it's too damn windy to fly. And then uh, then Bruce is like, you know, it looks like we could launch from the backyard and ridge Shore right now. And cool. i was all, really? I'm all, okay. I'm all like, so I watch Bruce launch. I'm like, holy shit, it's working. And then like Nick launches and I'm all like, fuck, dude, I guess I have to go for it, dude. And so I, I launch and we end up like from this mansion, like next to this lake, we end up we end up like just like benching up like almost 2000 feet and having the most epic up to the butte or not quite up to the butte, but to, up to the peaks in front of the butte. Wicked! And we ended up we had, ended up having the best ridge soaring session of my life. While wow. well, everybody was uh, and everybody could see us up there right everybody they were all not like, just waiting they were all watching us they all could see us and we were having this epic <laughs> soaring session we were like top landing on these peaks and stuff and like taking photos like, I mean it was like by far the best soaring session of my life you know and it was like I was all like man Bruce Goldsmith's like a sensei he is a sensei and his right? his son was there tear was there we were hanging with tear cool I may or may not have exposed tear to his first mushroom trip <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Put it in. Don't be a pussy. I mean, it's in. It's in. We got an explicit reading You see whatever we want. That is awesome. That is awesome. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah I heard of some good things going down in Chelan. You had yes. an awesome time. Yeah. Uh, that, that place is magic. Um, yeah. That was incredible. So when you were in, uh, you know, a recurring theme on the show is, of course, safety and risk. Yeah. And, and trying to kind of spread that knowledge. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, you're kind of in that, you know, you're everybody goes through this year in that intermediate syndrome, you know, or intermediate stage, whatever, maybe not syndrome. I think I have it. Maybe you do. Um, (laughs) we'll talk, we'll talk about Marshall, bring that out. But, um, you know, I, when you left Sun Valley, I went through this kind of like, man, and I talked about it with farmer and I talked about it with Nate and I was like, dude, are we too hard on him? Like, do we, do we just fucking harp on this stuff way too much? Because you know, we were seeing like, somebody who comes to Sun Valley and flies in the middle of the day after six months like You don't you just don't do that. You're kind of breaking all the rules, you know And so on one hand it was like, dude, if he gets through this, he's gonna be epic. On the other hand It was like we like him. We don't want to get hurt hurt or killed. Yeah So I kept, we I kept I felt like we kind of kept trying to put the brakes on you And, and I'm wondering, you know now after a year um, was that legit? Was that not legit? Because you and I were talking about it last night. You know, this is something that this industry, yeah. we pilots, we harp on this a lot. Yeah, Do maybe you harp too much. On it too much. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. I, so, my opinion, coming from climbing, um, and and you know, my as a professional climber, um, where there's tons of risk and there's tons of injury and there's tons of death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's important to recognize all that stuff. I think there is a, an unusual obsession um, with, with accidents and injury in this sport. Mm. And, and I think that it can, um, it can make it really hard to have fun flying, you know, um, some of, some of the, uh, the fear and the anxiety that some people can kind of put on you. Mm. And so I kind of quickly realized, you know, I'm very good at sort of just compartmentalizing things and, um, and, you know, and, and taking, you know, like taking someone else's emotions and fears and sort of you know, just like acknowledging them, but then realizing that I feel good about this, you Mm -hmm. know, and that for me, this is the path I want to be on, you know? And, um, but see, I think we worry a little too much in this paragliding community. I think, Mm. I think we obsess over, um, accidents a little too much. Um, but at the same time, right, it's like, I mean, I get it. We want to, you know, um, I'm going to tell my incident story here a little later. And it's like, there's a lot of things that you can learn. Um, from these stories. So even I get it, even myself, I get kind of fascinated. I really want to know well, what happened, you know, and, um, it's interesting. I see some, you know, I see this, this is a really interesting thing. Um, in the community, you see people, they're like, oh, well, you know, there's this tendency to be like, oh, well he fucked it up. You know, he was, you know, we really want to like kind of reason to ourselves. Like, well, that couldn't happen to me because I would never do this or that. right? Right. Like, um, but there's all this also this element of, yeah, it's a risk sport. You know, sure. don't kid yourself, you sure. know, paragliding is dangerous, yep. you know, and, and, and if you don't acknowledge that, then it's even more dangerous. Cause if you're just trying to like convince yourself that this, this is somehow like a perfectly safe sport, then you're really making it risky. Right. Sure. And, um, and so in climbing coming from this risk sport of climbing and having done a lot of ropeless climbing and, um, a lot of alpine climbing and stuff where you're constantly assessing risk and you're constantly, you know, you're taking risk and you're, um, but you're trying to. You know, have like a to use your abilities and your um, and all the information around you to make smart decisions. You know, um, it, it 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 works. It can work that way in paragliding, I believe, but also in paragliding, it is man. There are there's there's shit that you can't see that can get you.
0: Um, you, you said something last night that I thought was really interesting. In in one the the one big difference mm-hmm. is that with climbers, the access to the stuff you're talking about requires talent ability training athleticism athleticism yes. whereas in paragliding you can kind of be a dipshit and go fly a paraglider can't you a I little mean, bit I mean, a little harsh i mean that's a
1: little harsh but um but also bright. the right i
0: mean but you 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 may not have the quote unquote stuff that it takes that suddenly you're you're in the air especially you know whether you're new or you know pushing into where you are more intermediate or even beyond that you know like that things just suddenly radically change, whereas with climbing, it's like, okay, I, I can climb a 513 or a 512 or a 511, or I can aid, you know, like you don't, you can just, just throw yourself on something way above your head, you just don't even get up on the rock,
1: you know? Yeah, there's more of a progression, there's more um, dues paid, I think, to get there, you know, and I think that was, you know, um, to, that was some of your guys' concern, we were like, well, this it's cool this guy's here in Sun Valley, but... You know, it's only been six months, but at um, but the same yeah, time, I been- think it was,
0: I think it was kind of like, well, we really should be checking off some things before this, you know, like there, there's certainly, there's some things that have been, been skipped totally. and, I, and I, you know, because I was hearing the same thing for sure, believe me, for quite a while when I was, when I was going through the same thing, I was just incredibly stoked and I didn't have the same kind of fear, I think. Factor that many people have, so yeah. I think dicey things weren't scaring me as much. So I kept being told over and over again, "Dude, you're risking it too much. House. You're risking so it I'm too risking much." Too much, yeah. But that's like
1: the you know the beauty of paragliding. I mean, like this is my favorite favorite quote um, is Bill Belcourt said, "You can't retrobolt the sky." And so, for <laughs> people who aren't climbers, for, for people who aren't climbers, to explain this quote to them, it is that retro bolting is where you basically take a climb and make it safer right right? you add bolts to the climb to make it safer and you just can't do that in the sky the sky is inherently dangerous you know you can try to make your glider safer and more collapse resistance and all that stuff but in a sense right there's always this inherent kind of gnarliness and rowdiness and risk out there in the air in that in that midday mountain air and that's I think part of the, um, attraction, um, for me to the sport. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of like when I first started climbing, um, it was a little more old school and people were a little more willing to go for it. Mm. And I've watched like with the advent of climbing gyms, um, and sport climbing and bouldering, I've watched people kind of just become, like, like gymnasts, you know, and they, there's, and there's no real, they're, they're, they're milking all the risk out of the sport. Right. right, right. And so the beauty of paragliding is it's risky. Yeah. It's a risk sport, but it's like
0: adventure. it's
1: courageous, dude. Like the stuff that you can do in a paraglider is like, it's
0: unreal, dude. So like you I, know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's totally, it's still t- completely absurd. Every time I jump off the mountain, I'm like, this is absurd. This is crazy. I'm, I'm hanging under a bed sheet. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, so when it. you, when you, when you yeah. think back to last year, when I was yeah. talking to you, do you have a different approach going forward now than you did then? Or is it pretty much get after it, keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I, it, it's like, I have more information, you know, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about the, uh, the weather, you know, I can actually go onto XC skies and, you know, um, and analyze conditions, you know, um, for myself, you know, I'm still not by no means an expert, but at least like figuring it out. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. You know, I'm mm-hmm. starting to understand, you know, like, like different layers of wind and, um, you know, I'm able to look at a day and. Kind of get it get it like a feel for whether it's it's you know going to be a pretty good or a great day mm-hmm. um but i mean you know i i don't regret the way i went about paragliding um
0: Do you i think, think you kind of ran the gauntlet or not really no think, i think like, so I, I no actually i don't, think your approach is i mean i think you've been really aggressive but i think you're also super mindful of the hazards i think you're yeah. also pretty good about going yeah maybe today's not my day yeah
1: and i you know i i think um, you know, for for all the things, you know, people are like, Oh, well, he went so fast into it. Well, well, yes, but it's also, well, I'm very fortunate to be a professional climber, so I have like, you know, and when I went into the sport, you know, I didn't have a job, yeah. um, I didn't have a nine to five, like, so I like racked up like, you know, like the hours that a lot of pilots probably rack up in a few years in sure. six months, sure. and so I was flying every single chance I could get, and I don't regret that at all because. Um, I built this really great base Mm. right away and I kind of knew in my mind um, and from my experiences with risk and climbing you know that it's all about it's the same in climbing it's all about currency it's all about you you can you can improve so much faster if you just never regress right so if it's like if you're flying like once every weekend um, you know you're kind of almost just catching up you're kind of back where you started all the time a little Mm -hmm. bit right but if you're like flying every single chance that you can get you know what I mean then it's just like the the lessons start to build on top of themselves more and i think that um in some ways i would argue that that's a safer approach um you know and especially so and i was talking about this with Henzi, and he saw this when we learned um to paraglide right because we were able to come down and be like two weeks all in all in and it was like and we eat sleep breathe paragliding for the entire time right we um and we and Henzi was an amazing teacher and he he was there for us from the moment we got up and we're having coffee together and just talking about like, you know, thermals or about like launching and and Dribble all day. Uh, all day, dude, literally. <laughs> and then we go and we go and we have these epic days, you know, of flying. You know, we were flying off mountains within our first four or five days because it was all so compressed and it was just like, it, there was no downtime. And Santa Barbara, it was great, you know. Fly every and day. God bless like Eagle Paragliding and, yeah. and Rob Spore for like yeah, shout out making, guys. yeah, like, love to those guys for making that all possible for me and um, and you know and love to Matt Hensy for giving me this incredible grip, gift but so we've been talking and and that's now kind of how Matt wants to he's now since then um, taken some other um, really great pilots or, I mean really great professional athletes I'm sorry um, he's been working with some uh, professional kayakers and he's using that same approach and he just worked with a, a really good friend of mine a climber Josh Finkelstein who's got the sky crack he's I'm like dude I, he's all like <laughs> He's got it bad, just it. like me. Yeah, right. I'm all dude. I know. Right. And um, he worked with him, and he's like doing this really um, immersive, condensed approach to teaching, and I think it's really effective. And I think that his students are walking away with a lot more skills hmm. um, because they're not they're not just going for the weekend and like learning a tiny bit of kiting, and then you know what I mean. And right. then like they come back, and then they learn a little more, and then it's like it's 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 really hard to. Um,
0: and, and I progress. think it's really discouraging, you know, and, and I think that yeah. Eagle's such a great place to do that. Like, I know farmer used to always get so discouraged trying to teach in Sun Valley because you just don't get any sky time. Yeah. It's pickle. There's a lot of wind. And so, you know, you work with somebody for three months and they're still not at their P2. Yeah. You know? And it's really discouraging for them. Yeah. I keep doing it. Yeah. And I can't even get my license, you know, so yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, I think, you know, for if, if, if there's anyone out there listening, who's like just thinking about getting into it or just getting into it, you know, I mean, definitely glad I went to Santa Barbara, you know, probably Salt Lake would also be a good place to go, like someplace with consistent flying where you can like really build your base, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's like what's kept me. For the most part, incident free, um, except for this one incident that we're going to get to. Let's uh, talk. Let's a hear recent it. Recent incident.
0: Yeah, let's um, hear it,
1: Marshall. Yeah. Okay. So I've been, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of flights. Um, I've set some goals for myself. Um, some of my goals from my local flying site in Boulder, Colorado, were to fly to Lions. You know, which was mm-hmm. like right after I saw you. You know, six months in, I was like, I want to fly to Lions. Just like a. A 15 mile flight but pretty damn technical mm-hmm. and then I did that and then I managed to do that like almost 15 times this year So exceeded that goal and then I flew way past lines. I flew to Loveland a couple times I was like and I, then I was like, oh, I want to fly to golden and then I I flew to golden and I flew to golden again And Then I flew past golden to Morrison and I was like, all right I'm like kind of I'm learning. I'm putting it together, you know, I'm like
0: I'm like before you go on I, I want to make a point of that to the listeners. It's really 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 important to do that when you fly Don't just yeah. you huck yourself off the hill and fly around like a dope yeah, you should always have a goal. You should always it should always be considered training because training is fun. I'm not saying it shouldn't be fun. It should be those are always fun to do that. But this is a really good way to get you know because then you can make days that have really strong inversions or really light or really technical or yeah. you know like otherwise you get all wrapped up in this. I want to go hundred. 150 200 you know and and then and, and if you don't get those it becomes really discouraging and then you only start flying the the best days yeah and that's not how you get good that's, no. that's that that you know you have to just you have to fly as much as you possibly can and when you fly make it purposeful totally and that's one of the things i love about paragliding is that
1: um it's it's like a climb you know a rock climb is always kind of the same it's static you can go to it and you can test yourself against this climb and you can count on it to be basically that climb you mm-hmm. know but paragliding every day is so different, you know, and you have these days that are inverted, and the lift's really low, and it's kind of rowdy, and,
0: twice. Yeah, and,
1: and uh, I like all those days, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, only fly, fly the epic days, and I can see how I've, like, you know, you've been flying for 15 years, like Bill Belcourt mostly flies the epic days, because he right. wants to fucking go send it, and he's done that, but where I'm at, like, flying the not epic days is the most instructive. Because it's like it's one thing to fly to lions when you're getting up to fifteen thousand feet over boulder, it's another thing to fly to lions when you're getting up to eight thousand feet.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta no room to work and oh. it's tentacle and it's super tiny, tiny little glides yeah. and lots of little climbs. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. A you gotta work. It. It's it's like yeah. Yeah.
1: It. yeah, and like so like I learned a couple lessons. Like sometimes, um, you know, just like random things I learned, like sometimes instead of just pushing on it, it, makes sense to run back to where you have that little tiny bubble of lift, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really paid off for me on a lot of flights where I'm like, this isn't working retreat to where you know that you can maintain. Mm-hmm. And then usually if you can maintain over there, it's going to, it's gonna boost off, I mean, you know. Dude, that
0: is Kriegel's magic. If you watch him and the x ups that's what he's always doing. Everybody's pushing, 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 and then they land. Kriegel's constantly going back, yeah, just staying in the air, and that's that. Yeah, that patience game always pays off.
1: Yeah, so that that patience thing has been really big. And then the other, I guess, the other big thing for me, as far as people out there trying to figure it out, that's really helped me is just like getting better at thermaling mm-hmm. and really learning to, um, you know, to top out thermals, you know, because that's not so easy and mm-hmm. thermals like do all this crazy stuff with the wind. They drift all over the place. So awareness of what the wind is doing to the thermal and, um, and really kind of cause a lot of th- the thermals will stair step and like snake and do all these weird things. And the more you can become intuitive and, um, and figure out where the thermal is going, the higher you can get into the thermal and then, you know, if you can get up to base, Um, which can be tricky on days where there's different wind layers and things are kind of funky, you know, and sometimes there's this, like, there's a little bit of a crux to get through to the next part of the thermal, you know, if you can start to figure that stuff out, then it really helps.
0: That's really wicked. I don't know if you'd be aware of this, but there's no way you could have said that sentence a year ago.
1: No, you know, no. we were clueless about that. No, and so now as I remember that day where I was getting whacked and then eventually got to
0: 15,000. Yeah, yeah, now you so, up, now you yeah. up, now you yeah.
1: <laughs> Gavin, so Gavin, you know, for the audience, Gavin was like, he was all, dude, come on. And I just couldn't, you know, the thermal was drifting and stair-stepping and doing all this weird stuff. And I was just like, my move was just to turn in circles Right. and that's just not enough. You need to turn the circles, you need to push into the wind or push out of the wind depending and mm-hmm. um you need to, you know, be really to Find the core. Yeah. 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 And yeah. learn to sense what's going on and right. and um you know, that really happened since I saw you. I got much better at thermaling and that's what really, you know, that was the most important thing for um being able to do these these, you know, bigger XCs mm-hmm. that, that I managed to pull off early in my career is just topping out thermals basically, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it was um yeah, I don't know. for for those out of you, for those of you out there who are trying to put it together and figure it out, those are two things that help me, and hopefully it it, it helps you too. You and know? I think I think what
0: you'll find if I could kind of look into your future, I think the next big step will be gliding, which yeah, is, which is the real crux. You totally, know, that's, where, that's what separates the men from the boys totally. when, on big distances because you just that's. It's almost unteachable,
1: and so I'm getting a little better at that. And um, and actually, I had this day, um, and this is a good lead-in to my incident that everyone I'm sure wants to hear. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, what, I was in Marshall. I just showed up in Marshall. Never flown the site before, um, but it was a big day. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Gavin Fridlin was there. Um, uh, we had um, you know, I Henze had come out. I actually flew Henze out, Brodie him out there because I just wanted to you know. Hang with my homie, yeah. and um, we had a lot of a lot of really uh, Revis was there, cool. and um, uh, a lot of great pilots, and um, and I actually did really good that day. Um, I had an I had an epic day. I flew all the way out to San Jacinto, which is quite a ways. I did like an over a fifty mile out and back. I like top landed. At the, uh, I, I top landed and drove the like the shuttle vehicle down. Oh, epic! Dude, I felt like a god among men. I'm all, <laughs> oh, dude, I got this. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things, one of the things actually that I nailed that day was I kind of just was like, just feeling the air and just kind of feeling the vibes. And I, I got into this weird little, I found this little squirrely little convergence thing you nice know, and I found this sick little seam, and I was watching, I watched, um, I watched Gavin kind of just like take a different line. And luckily I had him, he took off a little before me up on the, on the back, you know, mm-hmm. cause we all kind of, I ended up with Revis and Gavin and a few other people out there. Um, and they were all, dude, who's the fucker on the B glider? You know, I was stoked, you know, I was like doing good. And, uh, and I watched Gavin take this different line and it was just not the right line. And so I was like, well, what would happen if I just like you know pushed a little uh, pushed a little deeper and i just got on this like i got on this convergence thing mm. this weird weird little seam and i got this crazy body line and i was just kind of i kept on just pushing it a little deeper pushing a little deeper and that just happened to be the move and i was feeling it and what you were, I was you gliding better. I was gliding. Right. I was gliding better. What, you,
0: what happened there too? I, I learned a, a really critical lesson very early on with Nick. Went down yeah. to Haiti. I mean, I was really newbie at, at flying XC, and uh, and it was I think the last flight we were there, and we took off and we you know we kind of cut the cord like we were going in deep into Haiti, and uh, and he took this line that was like it was just so much clearly better, right? Yeah. And but but my line was like felt safer safer and, and and there was a lot of Sun and it just like and I stuck with it all the way to the ground and I was yeah. just like this is this makes more sense this makes more sense and it's exactly gliding is exactly like thermaling farmer really talks about this like in, in competitions you can be you know 30th off the thing going off on a glide 30 gliders in front of you you've got 30 people mapping the air you should ping pong through them. Totally. Because most people will just ride it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you, bam, you're onto them, a little bit of height. Bam, you're onto them, a little bit of height. So in that case, you clearly have the better line. It's just like somebody in a better thermal. Totally, you, it is. You, you need. You don't need to go, you don't need to do this for five turns. Yeah. You need to do this for 10 se- Whoa, that guy's climbing better than I am. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go to go his him. thermal. Yeah, you totally. You can make it, leave. Yeah, exactly. Now, and, and it's the same thing with glides. It is. There's always better air, you know, and if you've got, if you're by yourself, okay, that's Jedi. But if there's other people around, you don't pause. Exactly. Right? So Gavin made a mistake there. I mean, I don't know Gavin, but I an mean, amazing pilot, you know? amazing pilot. I'm just saying, you know, we like in that out. case, you know, and you can't let things like, oh, well, that cedar, he doesn't know what he's doing. That that's you know, that's irrelevant. Totally, that guy's in a better glide than me. I need whoop,
1: you're on, you're right on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. I love the gliding. I guess you know, before we get into the incident, one other. For people out there who are trying to get better, one other thing that's been really helpful um, and that really helped me actually and like I managed to do the classic flight from Waltz to um, uh, to Bishop. I was mm-hmm. super psyched. It's over 100 kilometers, mm-hmm. one of my 200 kilometer flights, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty proud of. And and um, and what I've learned is that it, usually the right decision is it's always cat and mouse. You know, you always got to kind of make sure you're not making a stupid decision, but it's almost always better to dive in a little deeper in the mountains Mm. and to just push in a little more to the train because that's where things are triggering. And then you can start, yeah, and then you can start benching up, right? And so it's like, you know, I just kind of learned that it seems committing at first, but if you just if you can just play that cat and mouse game and be like, okay, I've got the LZ, you know, whatever that might be, I've got a place to land, and I'm gonna push it a little deeper and just see if there's something there and there's usually something there. and And then you take that and now, now you now you've got that L Z and you got another L Z and now you're gonna push in, in even a little more deeper and you can bench up.
0: I think I think what you're discovering there and what you'll discover more and more mm. is that you know when you get when you get better, then it's not really a question mark is there gonna be a climb over there? You you know there is. Totally. You, you know that okay, I can fart around out here in twos and threes, I can go in there and get a ripper. Totally, and I know that's going to be work. It's been baking It's in Waltz. You know, I'm underneath Whitney. It's bacon southeast for the last three hours. You know, that's the place I need. And, and, and then you're never surprised. You'll never yeah. get in there and be like, you know, it will always work.
1: If yeah. it should work, it works. The know? Sierra works, dude. In right. some ways, it's funny because the Sierra has this reputation kind of. But in some ways, there's a lot of things about Sierra that are pretty straightforward, right? Like you go to the ridge, you get the climb. Um, it's like sagebrush everywhere. There's landing zones everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just the thermals are nuclear, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's just strong. It's just really strong. But in yeah. some ways, the flying can be pretty. Um, it, at times, can be straightforward. Although I went over and flew Bo- Boy Scout, which is over in Mono Lake, mm-hmm. and that was um, that was a lot less straightforward, more technical. Yeah, there's more different valleys and different Mono things Lake to
0: Tahoe. We did that Sierra trip back in 2012 with those guys. You know, that Mono Lake to Tahoe flight was was you know when you you totally leave 395 like that yeah gonzo for all
1: day basically you're in there then so I did that I made that I didn't make it to to Tahoe but I made the whole committing um, I did the whole committing section of that flight on that day and it was outrageous and I got to (laughs) 17,999 feet
0: Aka, okay. Aka, dude, I
1: got <laughs> so high, dude. I was like, I was all. Well, it was too dangerous to leave the thermal, so I had to just take it to the top. <laughs> it
0: was, right, I was at, so right stoked. at seven, it was amazing. You came out at seventeen. <laughs> it was nine nine nine. I'm all oh, I must leave the thermal. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, so you've dude. had you you've had these you know a, a whole succession of fifty uh, mile flights. You you flew off top of uh, Pico de Orizaba in Mexico. You've done some comps. Uh, you, by by all standards, you've had an epic year. It's been outrageous. Until just recently. Until recently. So, <laughs> yeah. So, let's
1: let's rewind to that story I was telling you. I was like doing really good in Marshall. Like, I was like, I was hanging with the big dogs on my B Glider. I was like, man, I'm kind of getting good at this. I, I wasn't getting necessarily cocky, but, um, you know, I've always known about this. I was feeling it, and I've <laughs> always known there's this thing called the Divine Smackdown. It is. Um, it, 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 it's what I call it and it's uh, and it was coming for me and uh, so the next day time to be humble next day it was windy it was pretty windy and um, and I uh, I actually had a couple you know I'd like put the wing up and kind of it got tied in tie to knots a couple times so I didn't get off the hill quite as quickly as I would have wanted to mm-hmm. and um, and uh, Mitch Mitch was there, um, uh, and Henzi and so we've got a bunch of Enzo's in the air, um, uh, Evan Boucher, like a good bunch pilots.
0: of really,
1: really good pilots, mm-hmm. like competitive pilots, and um, and they all ping out, and then they all like start heading over the back, you know? So I'm a little behind, and I'm like, this is the move. We're going over, we're going over the back, you know? And so I just start following everyone. I learned later that it's pretty uncommon to go over the back in Marshall. Apparently oh, yeah. that's like, you know, so I, there, I didn't have a, a lot of information. Move. It's a big committing move. Um, you know, the, uh, the, it was a really good lesson. It was pretty windy. Um, and I was like having a real time, like kind of getting established and getting out. And, um, I was getting all these like Frisbee thermals that were first too much and it weren't going to like allow me to go over the back and I kept pushing back and pushing back and trying to get something. And I felt kind of uncomfortable. I felt pretty deep um
0: and pretty committed and like 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 you wouldn't be able to get back to the launch and you're kind of in that you're in that big goalie on the backside, right? exactly
1: yeah, yeah. so in, in marshall it's like there's the launch and then there's this um there's Crestline back there but Crestline feels pretty deep especially when there's a lot of, of wind because there's this big goalie between that and the launch and there's no real great lz's down there there's some stuff that you could probably wing it into but you're not looking down there being like sweet i got a great lz you're more like i'm kind of fucked right now yeah and um so I started to feel. So first lesson, um, fly your own flight. You know, yep. fly your own flight. Yeah, that's the most important lesson. Um, is just you have to fly your own flight, not, especially not like oh, those guys are leaving me. Yeah, Shit. you know, yeah, I it's, be with them. It's one thing if you're with them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's right. another thing if you're trying. You're you're playing this like rushed game of catch up. You know. Yeah. And um, and so you're not getting the climbs as high as they are, you're not making the transitions, and then not to mention that you're on a B-glider and they're on Enzo's, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so obviously they're gonna outglide you. Sure. And, um, you know, but fly your own flight. So I,
0: eventually your own
1: flight yeah eventually uh, also if it's windy be respectful of that Mm. you know it was a windy day you know so be really really give everything a wider berth you know and really be constantly watching the winds and then especially coming in from the west yeah assuming yeah. yeah and then especially when you make a big transition into a completely new valley or new area Really, really take in all the information you can to know what's happening there, because you've now what was happening was so. Eventually, I got a nice climb, and um, and I uh, and I peeled off the back, you know, and about a similar, I think a similar altitude that those guys peeled off at. at. And of course, you know, they're on hotter gliders, and so they got a better glide um, coming off the back, and they kind of they made it into the flats. Okay. And, um, and, uh, so they went over Crestline, over the And line. Gavin, Gavin, who was on a Trango XC3, made it, um, uh, he made it, like, not quite into the flats, but over this ridge. Um, he, but, well, like, very high over the ridge, and he was established, you know? And I was actually, I reached, I, like, went on the radio and I was like, hey, Mitch, what do you think should I, I should do? Hey, Gavin, what, you know, Gavin, they all kind of piped in. And Gavin was like, well, I'm getting a nice climb over here at this ridge. And Mitch was like, well, I went to the other side of the lake and it worked for me. And I was, so I was like, okay, like, it was this, trucks moment right to make a decision you know and i decided well gavin's got to climb over to the ridge i'm going to this ridge you know and so i go into the ridge like i have a million times you go into the ridge there's going to be like you know everything's going to be triggering off of it the wind's coming into it i was like well i'll be able to soar the ridge and then find a thermal right it's going to be like total textbook yeah. and as i came in i was like okay like about like 400 yards back are some um high tension power lines and um so you know just be mindful of that you know mm-hmm. and um and I come in and, uh, and, and into the ridge. I'm like, okay. I'm like, kind of like, I kind of come in. I'm testing it out. I go to where I would guess like the uh, the thermal is going to be kind of like triggering up. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's like a little thermal. I'm like, cool, perfect. This is going to work. I turn in it and I'm like, oh no, it's sort of like a, it's too. It's, it's a trick. Thick. It's like, yeah. Or it's like too, it's, it's, it's not strong enough to be pushing through the wind and be mm-hmm. steep enough to really take me where I want to go. And I'm like, oh, there's p- those power lines. So I can't really frisbee back or else I'll go into the power line. So I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. So I like kind of just like I like turn back into the wind and I'm like, OK, I'm just going to kind of glide down the ridge and and, uh, you know, go look somewhere else for a thermal. And uh, and then I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like the, right in that moment. Right. It was already strong. speeds. zero. I'm yeah. going zero miles an hour. I'm going straight down. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to land. On this ridge, you know, and so I'm like, you know, and I'm and at this point I've gone like I've like you know gone from the like oh whoa it's windy half speed bar oh whoa I'm kind of going backwards full speed bar oh, okay I'm going straight down I'm gonna land on this ridge and um, and then um, is that doable? It was oh no I was like straight over this road I was like at this point I'm still like oh whoa it's really windy I'm sort of like just like I'm sinking out this is yeah. how it felt it's too windy I'm sinking out there's no lift I'm sort of a little pin back here but I'm just gonna like I had a road right underneath me and I'm going straight down I was like I'm gonna land going straight down on full speed bar, I'm gonna let the speed bar at the right, the right moment, and then I'm gonna like, kill it with the seas and like, gonna have like a, you know, kind of rowdy, dicey, but acceptably, right. you know, not dangerous um, landing. And then, um, and then like, as I got lower and lower and compression, compression. Yep. and so now I'm going backwards, you know, on full speed bar. Mm. And now I'm a little like, fuck, so now I'm like looking behind me, right? And I'm like, cause I'm like, okay, now my, I'm not landing on the road anymore. I'm going to land in the bushes or something. And um, I'm like, oh, kind of no. But I'm like, just keep your shit together. Or you can land backwards going in the bushes. It'll be fine. It'll actually be perfect because like these bushes look soft and, you know, I'll kind of like just drape myself in a bush and then the wing will kind of, you know, I yeah. won't get drugged too much, hopefully. Right. And then I kind of come down to the present, the uh, the compression band and into the rotor. And I take this monster collapse. Whoa, bam! And so I'm off a speed bar immediately. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I'm like, Whoa. recover, recover, recover. Yeah, recover the wing, you oh, know. How high were you at this point? Um, at this point, I'm like about like 150, oh. 200 feet off the oh, ground. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. You're in a serious situation. I'm in like a bad situation. Bad place, yeah. I fucked it up. Yep. You know? And, uh,. And so now I'm just like, now I'm just like 100% just like, because I'd already taken this like kind of pretty good collapse and like kind of pendulum, and I can see the writing on the wall. If you take another big collapse like this, it, it, could, be, it could be like a pendulum into the ground. Mm-hmm. And so my like main priority is no longer like maintaining speed, it's just like keeping the, weak, the wing open. And it's super turbulent, and the, it's just the wing surging all over the place. And luckily at this point, I've gotten pretty good at active flying, and I'm doing everything I can to keep the wing open. And, and I'm like, at the same time, I'm looking backwards, I'm like, fuck the fucking power lines right there. Mm. And uh, and there's kind of nothing I could do. Um, there was a moment earlier on um, where I could have, um, right when I started to go straight down, I could have realized how fucked I was and immediately turned and run and like gone over the power lines, like 50 feet over the power lines, kamikaze style, and over the ridge. Mm would have been a better move than what right. happened to me right um uh, you know i would have gotten rotored as i went over the other side right. of the Thinking ridge
0: sometimes is yeah yeah but that's one of those ones where
1: you would have had to just you had no time that you had to, oh, i just I gotta go turn yeah. And go. yeah i mean certainly if i ever found myself in a situation like that again i would you know what i mean there's like i have a little i've had this experience mm-hmm. um, and this is now the best part <laughs> yeah is like i'm like frigging catching collapses Catching collapses. I'm looking back. I'm like, the, I can see the fucking power lines, you know. And these are these huge, high-tension yeah. lines hanging up yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Full-on, big, burly ones. Like, yeah. three and three. Um, like, three lines kind of, like, like running, you know, um, opposite each other. Oh, dude, this is a horror story. Dude. Yeah, dude. And so now I'm like, fuck. And then I go, I just, I just blow, like, a leaf in the wind through the power lines. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Dude, I go through the power lines. I, like, my pod... Bounces off a power line. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. God. And at this point, I'm like, you know, I'm just like survival mode, you know. And I and it's crazy because I remember thinking, I was all, I was like, okay, your wing is coming through. You're either it's either gonna catch and you're gonna be hanging these power lines, you know, or it's gonna or it's gonna release and you're gonna you know you're gonna hit the ground. And so I just like instinctively, God bless Henzi for teaching me the PLF and being like, dude, if you ever, you know, PLF, I instinctively, I went into PLF mode, the wing rips out the, you know, because I've gone through the lines and the wing goes through the lines, it rips through the lines, and then I free fall about 45 to 50 feet, but oh. with the wing, the wing sort of reinflates a little bit, it slows me down, I PLF. Pound into the, I pound into the, into the, luckily right into this bush and sandy bush area, perfect, and I'm fine. Unbelievable! I don't have a scratch on me. I've taken worse false climbing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like you, just, it, you blew through high tension power lines and fell out of the sky, and you walk away, dude. Unbelievable!
1: So lucky, you unbelievable. know. Unbelievable! I was, I awesome. it was just, just, just dumb luck, um, and I know that, and um, you know, and. It was definitely, I felt like, you I know, mean, I was walking around feeling like a ghost, like, you know, like yeah. one of my nine lives was gone. Did
0: you do kind of this whole thing? Like, yeah, I was. Pat myself like, down, like, am I okay? Yeah, no, totally. I was Is like, really am I happening? okay? Yeah.
1: It's so funny. I went, like, I went up to, like, you know, shoot some video to, like, show, like, how extreme this thing had happened to me, you know, and, and I, like, kind of slipped on this rock and banged my knee and literally that was <laughs> more painful <laughs> <laughs> And i was like, well, you should be careful because, like, you've run out of luck. Like, just, yeah, you have no more luck left. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> more luck all left. To out of the jar. Oh, dude. And and uh, I knew, you know, that I'd, like, that I'd gotten out of jail for free um, and that I easily could have died. You know, and of course, it was like, well, how come, like, I didn't get electrocuted, right? Yeah. And, like, we started looking into it, and I think it was just that I only touched the first three lines, and I would have had to connect it with those other back three lines, and I don't think I ever touched them. And so I never, um, you know, made a, a, a connection between... The two different currents. Right. Because people, I, dude, I, like, then somebody yeah. was like, oh, yeah, I had this friend, and he blew his hand off when he went through power lines, and, you know, people die um, going through power lines. Ooh, it's serious business. So
0: scary. And I literally just got lucky. And um, so. It, you must have thought about this a lot you, you had the you had the three things when you're you know talking about it but yeah uh, there have been some other takeaways like like even, yeah. even 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 okay obviously don't get in that situation but that's everybody knows that one totally but uh you know like i because i've been i think we all have been in situations like i got in a power line situation just like that in, the, in france training for the X ops last year terrifying or the year before And, uh, you know, and I, I often think about like, okay, well now you're in that. What what, what, are there other possibilities? What are your moves? Like when you were, when you were in the compression, were you low enough then to have just ditched it or, you know, or, you know, is there anything you could have done that? So it was other than, other than, you know, it sounds like the best thing was that turn and run, turn and run, turn and run. I should have
1: immediately turned and run. But at the same time I was like going straight down and it seemed like I was just going to you know just land on the road at that point so it was it was it was um it was a little i mean you know i I don't want to make excuses but i think it was a little bit of bad luck i think that um i came in and it was an acceptable amount of wind and i think like a big thermal triggered and just like it was just overpowered you know that combined you know Mm -hmm. made so much wind but also i think that um um, that the wind because I was going over the back the wind was like strong and so it was like kind of rushing down off those mountains there was a lake there there was just a lot of things um, that made that not a good place
0: like, to go. It sounds like maybe the your, your first lesson fly your own flight was the number one thing because exactly you know, you're with guys that are on much hotter wings yeah you didn't respect that margin enough no. you, you know you needed another grand I did that from what they left at, you know, you probably, you fought it out. You fought it out. Oh, I'm at the same height they are. Well, that's not enough. No, I needed to fight it out more. I needed to stay. I needed to get higher. And, um,
1: I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, there's a lot of different things. The other big one is just respect. I mean, respect the wind when it's windy condition conditions, just give everything a much larger, much wider berth Mm -hmm. basically, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, you know, and everybody who flew that day was like, yeah, rowdy, crazy day. Um, you know, I talked to Mitch. He was all, dude, you did everything that you could. You know, it was like kind of kind of a little bit of bad luck, you know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, if I'd been on a C-wing, I think I would have hit full speed bar and gotten out of there, you right. know. Because it was right. like a compression ridge blowback situation, you know. Mm. Um, now, I'm not getting on a C-wing, um, you know. But, right, uh, no, I mean, it's just the reality of it. Yeah, there was just, know. yeah, there was a lot of, it was a little bit of bad luck. Yeah, and um, and it was really quite traumatizing, you know. Yeah, and so I like I pack up my wing, my wing's destroyed, um, you know, and I'm like on this paragliding trip, right? Me and Henzy have like a week of paragliding, so I'm like, like you know, I was flying the Akuma at this point, which yeah. is Nivix kind of hot B, but it's just done, it's destroyed. Yeah, and um, but I pack it up, um, and I uh, and I start like hiking down. I, imme- I immediately decided, oh, I shouldn't take the road. I'm going to, like, go down this goalie, and it would just end up, dude, it was just insult to injury, dude, just the most horrendous bushwhacking, dude. I'm um, <laughs> just, like, just ticks and stickers and, like, loose oh. rock, and I'm just, like, just like Riddle. just bushwhacking down to the road, and then I hitched a ride back, and, um, you know, then I'm just, gah, 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 you know, telling my story and gah, gah, kind of processing what had happened to me because it was really, you know, it was yeah, a, little, traumatic. a little PTSD kind yeah. of going on. Um, but I knew, um, that I had to get a glider right away. <laughs> you, you had to get back on the I horse. I had to get back on the horse right away. And luckily, um, bless Gavin's heart. He, um, lent me his, um, his old ragged out rush four. And so the next day me and Hensy went up and, um, and we launched, um, and it was like kind of an inverted, not good day at Marshall. Um, but we we got it. We got like a really nice flight. Um, flew like past like. And were, the, you, uh,
0: were you feeling jittery in the beginning? Were you feeling a little off, or were you? It was just. I kind of was fine. I swept it under the rug. Good. I swept yeah, under I, the rug. I, I think sometimes it's nice to like you, you know if you're unless it's like so traumatic that you can't deal with it. You got to get back on the horse and just keep. I'm
1: so right? glad I did, and yeah. I I um and I knew well, I was like obviously I was just like I just knew that I just needed to fly my own flight, and that's what I did, and so Hensy he kept on like just taken off and I was just like being patient and like waiting until the thermal really fired off and getting really good climbs. And because of that, I actually got ahead of Henzy a little bit at points because I was just flying my own flight and doing my own thing and using my own intuition and, and, flying my glider the way it needed to be flown to be safe. And, um, and so I was kind of back in the game and, um, next day, um, that evening we drove up and, uh, we, uh, we launched from Flynn's and, um, had an epic flight. I flew, um, Henze tried this different line, tried to do the mono line, mm-hmm. and um, ended up just kind of landing in Benton. And I just like kept to the mountains. And it just like, as soon as Henze like left, it just started getting better and better. And I like ended up like getting boosted to 17,000 feet over, um, uh, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, the peak there um, at the end, um, oh, okay. uh, Boundary Peak, boundary peak. Yeah. boundary peak. And then I punted off into Nevada, like in for best. like this, yeah, like I got like this epic 10 mile glide, got one little climb. And, uh, and, and then Henzy managed to, the the in the time that I, yeah, kind of glassed off my way at the long, and then in the time that I had like finished that flight, Henzie managed to get back to the car, um, luckily there's some other pilots gave him a ride, and um, and then like was there right where I landed and had like a beer waiting Beautiful. for me. I literally like flared and grabbed a beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it was like,
1: I was like, I love you Henzy. it was awesome. And well, I was yeah. like, all right, back on the horse and came back to Boulder and had some nice flights, and um And I've had a couple of really good, just yesterday, I climbed um, Mount Yamneska here. Mm -hmm. And then um, I brought my little mini wing and I flew from the base and did like a 1500 um, foot descent back to the car, which is a really cool culmination of my climbing and my, um, and my flying skills. So yeah, I'm back on the horse, but I'm like cautious and um, I'm aware of of that things can go wrong really quickly Mm -hmm. and that I have a lot to learn. And that um, especially when you're moving into new, valleys into new air systems to really 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 taking all the information be super aware i just didn't realize how windy it was yeah that was like my mistake once i decided to go over the back yeah was just not respecting the wind and how strong it was and um but yeah i I also learned that i'm indestructible
0: That's a perfect, that's, that's a great takeaway.
1: That's a great way. You cannot be hurt, yeah. No, well, I'm you're like, indestructible. I'll just, keep, just keep doing dumb shit because it turns out fine for you. Now,
0: okay, well, I we you and I have to go watch some films, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's a perfect end. Uh, just real briefly tell me what your plans are for this next year, and then we'll uh, a year from now, we'll we'll hook up again and we'll we'll have the third third series of the Cedar Wright progression, yeah. The Cedar Wright the progression, yeah. So, to all those people out there
1: trying to push it and get better you know hopefully the few things there that I've learned will help you and um, you know where is it going well so the big goal um, my goal was to uh, you know to to fly 100 miles this year it didn't work out Um, I had some really good opportunities to do that um, when I was hanging out with Nick Grease in Salt Lake City Um, we flew Horse Heaven and Low Angle Butte which are two major distance areas Mm -hmm. where friggin' Belcourt just got his like longest flight so rad like Yeah. yeah He almost got me on that one. I know, dude. He came with a UK short. I know, dude, which is so awesome, dude. Like, what a great sport where what he's like in his 50s now.
0: You know what? You know what's even the the coolest thing about that? So, like, a few days after that, he came up for Nate's event. And and I was like, Nate, man, I was watching your – or, Bill, I was watching your guy's flight just minute by minute. And I was like, you totally had me. And, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, like that you really deserved it. That was an epic flight. Like, are you bummed? You were, it was like 5K short. It was almost, you know. And he goes, Gavin, that would have been criminal to take your record on that flight. And I was like, what What are you talking about? And he's like, Oh, I would have been so disappointed. I'm so glad I didn't get it. And I was like, What do you mean? He's like, Dude, I was flying right down a freeway on a perfect day with these popcorn clouds. Like, there's no terrain. I wasn't flying over five mountain ranges. Like, no, that's not legit. That wouldn't be legit. I mean, like. What a cool dude! Uh, dude he's like cool the all dude. time, like he, Bill
1: Cor. Yeah, Bill <laughs> such Cor- a is
0: like,
1: he's like yeah, definitely one of one of my one of my heroes in the sport and uh, such a
0: gentleman. Man. And
1: I loved I love to see that you know it's exciting for me right? I'm 40 now and um, that like that I could you know even though I'm into the sport relatively late that I could like do some pretty amazing stuff that I can continue to progress um, in the sport because it's not just a pure genetic like physicality sport. It's a experience and intellectual sport. Yeah. And, um, so I'm really excited for the future. I of course would love to fly hundred miles. I'd like to fly hundred miles in the flats, I'd like to fly hundred miles over mountain ranges. Um, you know, I'd like to, um, continue to explore my local area. I'd like to fly new lines in my local area. Um, you know, not many people have flown to the crest. I think just actually just a couple, um, there out of Boulder and, and heading up towards the Rocky Mountains mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, my, my last guest uh, Kelly Freena had a really good thing to say I thought about distances you yeah. know that instead of you know being he just thought like chasing distances kind of you know it, it, one it can leave you distraught you know, young he yeah. you didn't get it. Damn it! You know, instead yeah. of just being like, "Holy cow, I just had an awesome flight," but he was talking about like, I think one of the things you're doing really well is you're, you know, you're you're taking you're you're nailing all the steps. You're getting the ground handling. You're getting the different wings. You're getting the you know you're 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 training. Yeah, and, and the distances come. You, don't you know, what know what I mean? It, like you, instead of you know it just it's just being there on the right day and with the right weather. But it's it's really more. I I, I just I like that approach. That if you yeah. you know if you just Keep laying the foundation and keep, you know, identifying weaknesses in your game, and solving those, then the distances just follow. Totally. Okay? Yeah. And I think, I think it's like, it, it's like those, it's, it's probably
1: like for me, what's really helped me more than anything is, is, is those little flights on those really hard days. Totally. Right. Yeah. And to me, that's just this rewarding as the longer flights i've had on the more textbook classic days you know Mm -hmm. i really like those days and those are and they're a little more risky a little more kind of hairball because you're never that high off the ground and Mm -hmm. you know and you're you're doing way more transitions and you're catching way more thermals to make it work but i I love those those technical low days and dude i just love paragliding i love it so much dude (laughs) i'm like i'm fully sky cracked out it's like the first you know it's like i love it as much as rock climbing and and um, that's so cool I spent the last 20 years chasing that and I'll probably s- spend the next 20 chasing paragliding and uh, you know hopefully I can I can stay safe and um, but also have some amazing adventures dude finally I just want, dude I want to fly over broad peak someday Antoine Girard dude I know shout out to that uh, dude that's, that's like yeah, literally
0: the most badass thing I've ever heard of dude. I know yeah it's, it's, it's insane it's so cool dude. it just I, 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 I love I love where we're going you know, yeah, it's just really incredible that they're building, they're building us wings now that we can be even more absurd on all the time. Totally. And it's just, it's so cool watching, you know, it's not just the half a dozen guys anymore. No. It's it's a world of pilots all over the place, just doing cool stuff, just totally. looking at maps in new ways. And, you know, Ben Jordan, all solo, flying across BC and Alberta. That was really 37 cool. days. That is really badass, you know. Yeah, There's totally. There's just some really cool things going down and yeah, happy to have you part of it in the school
1: dude I can't wait I can't wait to kind of add to the to the story you know I know it's going to take time but uh, hopefully someday I want to like th- I want to catch a thermal off Trango Tower like Antoine Girard did you know <laughs> like for sure in my lifetime yeah like if I can like at least have a, a, a crack at that I'm going to take it you know yeah, I, I want to fly Pakistan really badly I want to Volbiv in the Sierra I want to you know I want to do more of this like, um, you know, like kind of more speed wing, mini wing, mountain descent stuff Mm -hmm. um, where you climb up and fly off, you know, like Mm -hmm. I did um, there um, in Pico de Mm Orizaba. And um, yeah, yeah. So watch the fledglings. Watch Uh, the fledglings. Yeah. It's going to be touring in different um, film festivals. I'm really proud of it. Um, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, um, hey, how can I get into paragliding? Um, and uh, yeah, and super so,
0: inspiring, super fun. I think it's, it's great to see. You know, it's great to see not the experts making a film. It's great to see you guys going through a lot of the stuff we were just talking about. It, totally, And you did it in a really, really good
1: way. The progression. I'm proud of it, and people really love it. It's playing here at BAMP Saturday night, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be around. It's gonna be touring around. There's a shorter version that you can watch for free, thanks to the North Face. But there's a, which is about like 13 minutes. But there's a full 26 minute version that right now you can only see at film festivals but um but soon um you'll, you'll be able to pick it up um uh on vimeo and um yeah and then we'll see we'll see what the next what the next uh, next film is maybe it'll be me and, and gavin it'll be yeah I'm, i'd love to do something with you someday i like and that
0: i like that let's do it let's yeah do yeah it. We'll, we'll bring cool. nick yeah, there you go. New very cool. For awesome. college relief. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, nice. thank you very much. Let's My go pleasure. see some films. And uh, yeah. for the audience, go see Fledgling's. It is awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's touring right now at Five and It'll be touring with Banff, I'm sure, too. So, yeah. tell yeah. you ride. Tell you ride. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much. And uh, we'll, we'll pick this up in a year from now.
1: Yep. See you guys out there. See you guys in a thermal somewhere. Awesome. Yep. Cheers to
0: Something out of that. Uh, Always great to sit down with Cedar Wright, uh, world famous climber and filmmaker turned paragliding addict. It was really cool to to see where he's come in this last year and I hope you got some nice lessons out of uh, some of his progression. Um, As always all we ask for is a buck a show. If you got something out of this or one of the previous episodes you'll find the donate button on cloudbasemayhem.com right on the podcast page or any of the specific podcasts. Uh, If you are just discovering the show, highly encourage you to go back and check out one of the previous episodes. There's so much good knowledge there from guys like Jockey Sanderson, Matt Cindergar will gad many many others Uh, we've got quite a few of these in the can right now so i'm getting some help editing it takes a long time to edit these so your little donation goes a long way i promise you thank you so much Uh, if you can't donate just give us a rating on uh, google play or stitcher or itunes however you you get your podcasts and uh yeah we'll see you on the next show thanks for listening cheers